You're listening to Real Estate Investing Talks, a Simply Do It podcast. Your journey to success in real estate investment starts right here, right now. Here's Danny Bate Orr. Start something here on my end. Good morning. According to the people that I see online, as I said, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, Shabbat Shalom for those of you who are uh, uh, say, you know, uh, uh, going for the weekend, happy weekend for everyone. My name is uh, Danny, I'm sure all of you know that. I'm in California right now, it's about uh, 11 a.m. my time, Southern California, and uh, we've been doing a live Facebook session on our Simply Do It page our business page for the past month or so, and I just wanted to try, maybe switch it over to my profile. Hi, uh, Iran, good, good to hear from you. Uh, the purpose of this session is, I have a content that I wanna talk about, real estate investing related, so that's what I'm bringing in for my experience, for my knowledge, but also, most importantly, for my, you know, for my end, is actually an opportunity for you to participate in a Q&A, questions that you have, concerns, whatever, whatever's on your mind, I'll try to obviously respond and answer, but my main objective is actually to get your questions, but obviously I wanna, um, I wanna bring some content in so it will be valuable for you as well. What I'm gonna talk about today is actually rental properties and what kind of drama you should be expecting as an owner. So that's what I'm gonna focus, I'm gonna probably talk about it for about 10 minutes, and open it for questions if we have, and if uh, you know we'll take them. I'll stay at most probably 45 minutes today, but I expect this to, t- to last for about the next 10, 20 minutes or so, depending on uh, questions. So, you guys want to you know are you know thinking about investing in real estate? You know I've been doing it for about 16 years now on a very large scale. Uh, I've helped. Uh, I've held personally a lot of rentals, many flips. I've held others in the purchase of about 3,000 rental properties. Uh, you know, uh, that's an actual number. It's not a makeup number. It's not a number to, to impress you. It's actual number. And many times I think the investors are coming into this uh, ordeal without really knowing what to expect. On one hand, we all have a lot of concerns and fear and, you know, uh, or concerns of what we don't know. Um, and that actually may block us from taking action. On the other hand, we see that um, you know people expect to have uh, you know unclear expectations. What will happen after the fact or after the purchase? Once the house is purchased, and even if we use a property manager, you know they have unclear expectations. So I want to make some clarification based on my experience about the, those aspects of ownership. So I'm going to talk to talk about the realistic. Not the extreme cases, but the realistic um, uh, expectation you should have from owning rental properties. Primarily, if you work with property manager, I'm probably going to touch on that as well. So what I call it, the typical drama. So first of all, if you're buying real estate as in, in rental property and you're going to own it and you're going to hold it for several years, maybe three, maybe five, maybe ten, I would expect the following, maybe maybe more than 10, I would expect the following things based on my experience. Number one, so this is what I call the drama. Number one, you will have vacancy, okay? Expect vacancy. Now, 
If you are buying a rental property in some parts of the country or maybe in other countries, some areas behave a little bit differently. For example, if you're from Silicon Valley or the Bay Area, the demand for housing is so high, the chances of you actually encountering vacancies are very, very small. But if you're not looking at the Bay Area, which is you know, not how most of this country works, and let's say you buy a house in Nashville, Tennessee, okay, or Dallas, Texas, or in that area, or whatever, you should prepare for and plan for vacancy. It could take two weeks between tenants or from the time you purchase to the time a tenant move in. That's usually a quick, quick thing. It could take a month. It could take even a month and a half. Okay. It also depends when are you buying, when are you closing. You may end up during the holidays, like right now, and you may see, uh, uh, you may see uh, this is uh, uh, going to take you a little bit longer, and you may buy in a close during February or March, where it's a little bit easier to rent, or the summer months, usually a little bit easier or quicker to rent the properties. That's not a guarantee to rent quickly. But what I'm trying, what's important to understand is when you do the analysis on your investment, factor in some vacancy, right? Factor in some vacancy. Be ready for it. That's easy. The challenging part I see from investors is when they purchase the house, especially beginners, they're putting the house on the market, a property manager or a leasing agent is putting it on the market, listing it, and all of a sudden, a month have gone by and it's still vacant. And they're getting very nervous and they're starting to doubt themselves, right? Now, I'm going to tell you something. By the way, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking you know, to, to give you some pointer at the end, how to mitigate for vacancy. Uh, uh, um, I'll, I'll come back to it uh, you know, when I'm done. Or, but what I want you to, you know, to understand that, or well, maybe I want to say this, over... A period of about 16 years of investing, especially the past 14, which I've been extensively investing myself and through others. In the type of properties we are buying, I can't vouch for every property, every market, anything you would do. But when we buy the type of properties we are buying, which are, by definition, the most boring real estate you can probably find in good suburbs, in good schools. They're not crappy houses. They're not luxury homes. They're not Airbnb. They're just nice suburb, you know, bedroom communities. I call it. This, this, the most boring investment you can find. By the way, for me, boring, in, when it comes to real estate, I find boring super sexy. Okay? So the type of properties we buy, you know, they rent. They are going to be, eventually, they're going to get rented. I have never met a house that didn't get rented. Right? So for me, I always tell my investors that we work with, expect a month, but it could take a month and a half. That's realistic. Anything above a month and a half could happen, did happen, you know, but it's, it's what we see, the abnormal. And we have to look into why this is taking. And sometimes there are good reasons. Sometimes there are things beyond our control. Every year, I have one investor. Once a year, I have one person that his or her house, they're just going to take three months to rent. It happens every year. But that's one per year that we're seeing. It's not something that we're seeing very common. So long vacancies can happen. Expect vacancy, be ready for vacancies, and don't be afraid of it. I'm telling you just from the, from the point of, a, of a, a conviction of experience, these houses do rent. And when I say do rent, it doesn't mean we started a $1,500 rent and then we drop it by half to $700. No wonder it rent. No, we started $1,500, for example, in, you know, in, in, you know, let's say in Nashville, and then we see that a month gone by and it didn't go. No, no, 
interest and no applications and we may drop it to 1450 and even 1400 and you know what even 1300 if we need to and we will get that house rented okay it will happen um so be you know trust yourself do your due diligence when you're buying to make sure you're avoiding potential you know issues some areas around the country i don't know them all but some that we know we stay away because we know the rental market is a little bit softer now so we stay away but you know specifically but there are ways to mitigate, but even if you buy in an area that it's considered good rental market or good rental pocket, it could still, a house could still be, you know, sitting there a little bit. So bottom line, expect vacancy, and this is drama number one. Drama number two, you will have repairs. It's going to happen. Repairs typically look like this. For the first month, nothing. Second month, nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. All of a sudden, six months in, you have $150 you know, some plumbing, then a few months, nothing. And then all of a sudden, another, you know, repair, another $200, right? Usually they look like this, okay? Every few years, there'll be, an, you know, a peak. For example, turn a turnover, we have to do a little bit, you know, more, more thing to the house. Um, uh, maybe every, every seven years, the, the water heater needs to be replaced. It's not that expensive, but that happens. So every once in a while, there's going to be like, a, all of a sudden, like a $1,000, you know, uh, expense. But ongoing, usually, if you're not buying an old home, like really run, you know, in a bad, bad condition, those houses do not break left and right. So be ready. There's going to be repairs. Actually, plan for it. We analyze properties. We factor in. We allocate, you know, funds for repairs. We know it's going to happen, right? So we're not hiding. We're incorporating that fact. So drama number two, there are going to be repairs. Drama number three, if you work with a property manager... If you work with a property manager, just know there's going to be some miscommunication, right? Sooner or later, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, miscommunication doesn't mean, you know, termination of relationship. Usually, it looks like this. You said one thing, he or she heard another thing. The property manager made a decision on your behalf because he, he was thinking, you know, he's making the best decision for you on, on, on your property and the results are not ideal for you, right? Not necessarily horrific, but then it ended up ending up costing you 500 bucks or something like that. Those things, the miscommunication will happen sooner or later. So be aware of that. Expect it. It will happen. You know, rarely do I see someone go through years of ownership without some sort of a miscommunication or a little friction with the property manager, again, that doesn't mean an immediate termination. It means someone had good intentions, not ideal results, or someone made a mistake. We're still dealing with human. It's going to happen. It's not catastrophic, but still it causes some stress level, especially for the beginner ones. So drama number three is the, um, is the um, miscommunication with the property manager. By the way, many investors, when they start the process and they're working with a property manager, the mindset they're coming into this journey of ownership is the property manager is me when I'm not there, okay? If you are thinking, if this is your mindset, let me tell you, you're not incorrect, but this is not the right mindset to go in because the property manager is not you when you're not there. He's going to attempt to do that, but it's not going to happen. There is more content. There is more substance to that aspect of it. So what we do is every investor who works with us, we give them what we call the owner crash course when they buy their first property with us, which teaches them 
what is the proper way to conduct yourself as an owner. It's not just for the beginners, even for experienced ones. What is the proper way to conduct yourself as an owner, especially when you work with property managers? What are the classical fail points and how to avoid them you know, to begin with? Okay, so this is something we teach our investors when, we, when they actually buy the first property with us and we give them access to it for life. So that means they don't have to, um, anytime they want to re, revisit that course, they can always do that. And we remind them to, you know, to re, you know, revisit it. So that's drama number three, right? Uh, uh, we talked about the property measure. Now, number four, sooner or later, not sooner or later, but I would say maybe once every, once a decade, Maybe once every seven years, you know, seven to ten years, that has been my experience, you will have a vacancy. Uh, sorry, you will have an eviction. Eviction, a tenant doesn't pay or, or not fulfilling his or her side of the contract. We got to evict them. We got to go to eviction court, got to file the paper, put notices on the door, of course, and go through the entire process. Eviction is going to happen, okay? A couple of things about that. First of all, it's very, very easy to do an eviction when you're not doing it, but the property manager is doing it for you. That's number one. Second, second, second thing I want to tell you, I have not, I, in my career uh, with multiple properties, multiple states, multiple years, I have had about four and a half evictions. So it's not, uh, not a bad number, uh, you know, uh, if you think about it. So I wouldn't expect it, the type of areas we are buying, you know, those boring properties I talked about, evictions, are happening but they're not frequent by the way if you like us buy in states where the laws are favoring the landlord and not the tenant okay california the the, the laws are you you know are favoring the the tenant places that like texas and florida etc the laws are favoring the landlord two things happen in, in states like this number one just because the laws are favoring the, 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 the owner already sets up the tone, the setting for, for a tenant to avoid issues to begin with because they know they don't have the upper hand, the lower. Okay? So just, you know, if someone lives in a state that they know they have, an, you know, they have the, uh, you know, they can actually play dirty tricks with the owner, they, will, they may use it. But if someone lives in a state that they know it's not in their favor, they should probably avoid it to begin with, right? That already puts them in a different, you know, mindset and position. They know they don't have, a, you know, an upper hand. That's number two. Number one. Number two, <clears throat> sorry, even, you know, even if we get to the eviction, if you're in a, in a state that favors the landlord, the process of eviction is rather quick and cheap. I can tell you that from experience on all those you know, situations and others that my investors did. Some of the stories I hear from my friends, my colleagues, my peers about, for example, California, is that it can take, I'm using California as an example, it can take you know, several months and it's very costly. So that's just something to think about uh, when it comes to eviction. You know, I hope we're going to avoid it, but you know what? I'm just saying, I'm just working under the assumption that we will have eviction, uh, um, it, it will happen sooner or later, or hopefully later, not too frequent, but will happen. So don't be afraid, you know, especially it's easy when someone else is dealing, it for you, you know, dealing with it for you and you don't have to, uh, um, to deal with it. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Nir, I agree. Boring is super sexy, I agree with you, thank you. Uh, thank you for the, for the feedback. Now, um, if you are asking yourself, 
which states are landlord friendly and which states are, um, are tenant friendly? Well, my rule of thumb would be color coding. Blue states, red states. Typically, red states, aka Republican states, are favoring the owner and blue states favoring the, you know, the tenant. That just kind of been my uh, observation. So if you're trying to figure out which is which, look up a map. It will probably tell you, the, you, know, tell you what's going on and always ask. Um, by the way, uh, before I wrap up, if you have any questions, please post them. I will happy, you know, I'll be very happy uh, to, to take your questions, of course. So uh, feel free to do so. I just want to say, circling back to the point of vacancy, especially I'm going to pick this point for beginners that are very nervous. Just earlier this week, I spoke to a, to a new investor, you know, new being, she's never invested in the past. Her biggest concern is vacancy. She told me outright, my biggest concern is vacancy. So, um, so if you are uh, someone who's uh, concerned about that primarily, one of the things we started doing more and more, uh, we've always done it, but we're just putting a little bit more emphasis about it recently, is that um, we are targeting or trying to target houses that are already occupied with a tenant. So that means an owner, that, uh, that the, the, you know, the, it's a rental property, it's already occupied with a tenant, and we are trying to uh, buy those houses. Man many times those houses are actually very attractive to us investors and unattractive to uh, and unattractive to the to the to homeowners because homeowner doesn't want to buy a house with a with an you know occupied with a tenant they want to buy a house and move in usually investors on you know the opposite so sometimes uh, owners with uh, occupied properties with rented properties they put it in the market they're saying there's a tenant inside and then uh, they're uh, offering it and it's more attractive to us. So if this is a major consent to you, maybe it's not, then definitely consider uh, focusing on that. My experience has been like this. When it comes to vacancy, beginners, when the house is not rented and it takes a little bit longer, they're very nervous. Very, very, very nervous. I need to call them and calm them and tell them, you know, and cuddle them and tell them it will be okay, it will rent. And guess what? It, it always does, right? I've never seen the house, never, that did not get rent. It may take, you know, a little bit longer. Experienced ones, once they know it's working and they've been through the process, at least with one house, maybe more, they're less concerned about it. They have more confidence in the process and more confidence in the in in the in the strategy and what we're doing here that's it that's what i, uh, I had to, uh, wanted to share with you about the drama i uh, just to recap i talked about the the typical drama of vacancies repairs communication with uh, property managers and um and evictions those are the main drama that i'm seeing of course there's more things to real estate than just those four but when you're talking about rental properties and good, nice areas, those are the main thing you should be expecting. So that, that's it on my end. I'll now see if there are any questions. Um, do you, as the, uh, as the investment property owner, purchase insurance in the event of damage or repairs for the property? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, first of all, if you're buying a property with a mortgage, the lender will not let you close on the property, you know, own or uh, purchase it without an insurance. And they have to be, uh, you know, added to the insurance policy as well. Uh, but also, relatively insurance, relatively is cheap. I mean, it could be anywhere from several hundred dollars a year to 
few thousand, depending on the house, the size, the price, the value, of course. But obviously, um, I think it's, uh, you know, insurance is a, is a very necessary evil, of course. We all know that. I wouldn't buy, um, uh, I wouldn't buy a, um, a house without it. I had investor once that he bought cash, and for some reason, he let it slide, and he paid for it. He paid for it. I mean, someone, uh, there was damages to the house and it was uncovered and he ended up paying for it uh, quite a lot. Uh, so why wouldn't I? I mean, it's just uh, mitig insurance is mitigation. We are shifting the risk to someone else. For me, it's a no brainer. You know, I would do that for sure. Thank you for the for the question. Hopefully that that uh, that answers. If you have uh, more questions, I'm just going to go through here. Maybe wait a wait few seconds and then we see. Sure, no problem. Right, you guys, I don't see any more questions. This is, uh, uh, like I said, it's going to take about 20 minutes. We are exactly the 20 minutes point, so that's fine. Uh, if you have other questions offline, if you're watching the recording, feel free to post, to you know, comment, to ask, to contact us for more specific, maybe the more of a, something a little bit more uh, uh, personal that you want to ask and not in a public forum. By all means, we'll be happy to. I want to wish all of you a great weekend and um, only success with your investing. Hopefully, we'll be there to help you with that, but I just want to wish you all tons of success with whatever investing you do with us or, or, or by yourself, of course. Have a terrific weekend. Thank you for taking the time. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye from California. Bye-bye. Congratulations. You're one step closer to success in real estate investment. You've been listening to Real Estate Investing Talks with Danny Bate Orr. To learn how Simply Do It can guide you through the real estate investment process and achieve nationwide success, visit us on the web at simplydoit.net. Thanks for listening.